Hello and welcome to my podcast, where I, as a psychologist and priest, examine the Gospels. My name is Peter Doherty. I'm a Catholic priest and a psychologist who integrates both psychology and scripture studies to further understand the Gospels and to seek out pastoral teachings for Christians in these modern times. The Gospel for today's podcast is Mark 1, chapter 1, verse 29 to 39. This Gospel will be read in churches on February the 4th, 2024. In this Gospel, we hear little about what Jesus actually says and more about what he does. Jesus cured many people, including Peter's mother-in-law and many of the townspeople. He also drove out many demons. Mark is known for his brief accounts of the life of Jesus, and today's Gospel is no exception. I would have liked to have heard more about Peter's wife and family, but according to Mark, that information does not seem to be important. Likely, this is one of the earliest healings that Jesus performed. Likely, Peter's mother-in-law had heard about Jesus, but I wonder what she was expecting from him. Jesus not only heals her, but she doesn't need time to recuperate and immediately resumes her life duties as the hostess. This gospel points out that the receiver of Jesus' healing doesn't even have to ask or understand to experience Jesus' healing powers. I'm left wondering how many of the blessings we have received but are not aware of the Spirit's intervention. I want to draw your attention to the last paragraph where the disciples find Jesus praying. Jesus had got up before dawn to find time and a place to pray. The thing that Jesus says is, let us go to the nearby villages. When you think about it, it may have been tempting for Jesus to stay. He was successful. The people responded well, and people were being healed. It looked like Jesus had a very successful day. It would have made perfect sense to stay. Think of the great work that would have been done. While there were good reasons to stay, Jesus knows that part of his ministry is to preach the word of God to the whole area, not just one community. This gospel highlights the need to be focused and not to be distracted from our mission's central purpose. I propose that this gospel points out the value of having a clear understanding about how we are to live our life. I think what I refer to as a personal mission statement about how we want to live our life and what we believe and what we are called can be very helpful when we are wondering what to do in our lives, especially when we feel lost or experiencing the storms of our lives. I'm thinking of Jesus calming the storm in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 to 7, Luke chapter 8, 22 to 25, and Mark chapter 4, 36 to 41. Without a clear mission statement, we run the risk of re reacting to stresses and storms in our lives rather than responding with a clear sense of purpose. Having a clear mission statement will help you guide, guide you during the confusing and difficult times. Likely, your mission statement will change over time. 
That is to be expected, as it will reflect your personal and spiritual growth. I encourage you to write out your personal mission statement. Try to be as specific as you can. You can certainly tweak it to make it reflect your changing goals and calling. I encourage you to review the statement, your mission statement, on a regular basis. It is an effective way to note changes in your values and in your spirituality. I encourage you to share it with your spiritual director and close friends who will understand and may be able to offer you valuable feedback. Don't worry if your mission statement appears superficial or inadequate. You have your whole lifetime to fine-tune it and to grow. Jesus' mission was clear to him. Unfortunately, it's not always clear to the rest of us. Discernment is an important aspect of our faith. I realize that more and more as a priest, as we desire to know God's will in our life, we need to be open to discernment. We have many examples of Jesus going off to a lonely place or mountain to pray. Often this time precedes a change in his itinerary or purpose. So I suspect he was doing some discernment. We will likely need an ongoing reflection in our life to ensure that we are responding to the Spirit. I'd like to give you a few points to remember. I'd like to try something different and give you 10 perspectives that may help you in your discernment and development of a personal mission statement. The list is not exhaustive and you may think of additional suggestions. Please feel free to share. I'd love to hear from you. So let's start. Number one, like I said, it's not always clear that we are following God's will. That is normal. Questioning and reflecting is okay, and it is a sign of an adult faith. Number two, avoid the terms right or wrong or correct or mistake. You may have heard this line, God writes straight with crooked lines. I have to admit, I think there's some deep wisdom behind that. What may appear to be a mistake or misstep at the time may turn out later to be the cornerstone of our faith later on. Be open. Be open to the guidance of holy people. Consider what they say, but ultimately you have the final say in number four. Discern who is trusting before you include them in your discernment. Holy people are not loud or judging. They will work with you to assist you. They will not do all the work, though. Be wary of anyone who tells you what to do or offers you information that you may not have asked for. Number five, take your time. Likely, there is something going on that needs to happen if you find yourself falling behind. You may not be ready at this time to move forward. And that is okay, too. There are many examples. I'm thinking of St. Paul and his conversion, how it took many months, and some suggest years, before he was ready to move to the next step. Number six, I rarely experience God's invita invitation as a one-shot deal, that if you miss it, it's gone. 
My experience, rather, is that often we keep getting invited, and we know deep down what God wants of us. Number seven, allow yourself to be surprised. Allow the unexpected to happen and be recognized in your life. The Spirit of God may surprise you. Be open to it. Number eight, learn the skills of self-reflections. Be able to reflect on your life and on your decisions, desiring to know God's will or the hand of God in those times. So often we put words in God's mouth. Number nine, feeling at peace with a decision is not always a reliable sign that you are doing God's will. Be open to the possibility that you still have more work to do. Number 10, work on your prayer life. Look for opportunities to develop your prayer life. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time you've heard my podcast and you're interested in hearing more, I urge you to listen to my podcast listed on the website. The link is https colon backslash backslash a underscore psychologist underscore looks underscore at underscore scripture dot buzzsprout dot com and buzzsprout is spelled b-u-z-z-s-p-r-o-u-t dot com every sunday i release a new podcast focusing on the gospel for the following week I invite you to listen to all the podcasts, and I hope the reflections shared are useful to you. If you have any questions or concerns, I'd love to hear about them. I can be reached by email at peter.doherty, O-M-I, that's D-O-H-E-R-T-Y, O-M-I, at gmail.com. Finally, I'm excited about plans for the coming year. I want to share with you that I'm creating an online retreat for the Holy Week in Easter. I'll be giving more details when we get closer to Easter. I hope that you'll be able to join us. God bless you, and I hope you have a great day.